This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly is starting right now. You made me think that the range advantage of a you know Zell style um, alternative. We had some uh, interviews with teams of of dispatchers that had come together for Harvey, and I was pretty surprised to learn that that half of them were not from the Houston area. You know, they had heard about this, for example, in New Jersey, and they're and they and they you know they bring up maps and they're mispronouncing. You know, Beaumont is Beaumont, you know, so it's, you know, if you listen, you can hear, okay, you're probably not from here. Uh, you know, how how effective that uh, uh, advantage can be where you don't have to be within radio range. You can be anywhere in the world and, and, and help out and communicate. Hi, this is Todd DeVoe, your host for Ian Weekly. And today we have a really cool show for you. I have Bill Moore, the CEO of Zello. And Zello is an app that's it's good for iPhone and Android, and Zillow basically turns your phone into a two-way communicator, sort of like what uh, you know the, they used to use with the um, Nextel, uh, but better. And it's really kind of some cool features on there. I started using Zillow uh, a long time ago, just for my own personal use, you know, with my family and stuff like that, just for fun mostly. But during Hurricane Harvey, I learned of a public safety application for. Uh, for the app and it's really kind of cool and so that's why we invited Bill to be here today. So before we get into this, if you guys could please uh, share uh, this podcast with your friends and, and uh, the colleagues who would be interested in emergency management and also emergency response uh, applications and what what goes on here because again we're building this community and I'm really excited about this. We're growing. That being said, we're going to create a new feature. Uh, we're going to roll this out. It's going to be called the Ask Todd feature. And so let me get into some emails and some questions. And we're going to start sharing those questions and emails with everybody to share and to grow this community. So if you guys have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to jump on the Ask Todd and send us your questions. So I'm really excited also is that I made the list of the three EMs that you must follow on LinkedIn from Basecamp Connect, and I'm really honored to be on that list. I'm on there with two other people, with Chris Floyd. Chris actually has a really cool concept here where he develops training, and I think you should check him out. And We've had Chris on the show before, and, and uh, we'd like to have him on again, and we're looking forward to that conversation as well. And from Australia, we have Paul Lloyd, who made that list as well. So the three of us have uh, are honored to be on the Basecamp Connect uh, list of the three emergency managers that you must follow on LinkedIn. So thank you so much and for putting us on that list. Thank you for putting me on the list. You know, it's really, I'm really honored for that. Also, don't forget that the International Association of Emergency Managers Conference is coming up in Long Beach starting November 13th. And we're going to be there at booth 733 with Titan HST. So come stop over at booth 733. Say hi. I'd love to talk to you. Also, um, I'm excited and honored to, to be speaking on the 12th at the, it used to be called the college conference, the mini, the pre-conference with IEM. And so I'm going to be speaking uh, there as well um, at the conference. So I'm excited about both of those opportunities and I would love to see you guys uh, come to the booth 733. Emergencies happen, whether they're related to medical emergencies, threats of physical violence, weather-related, or other. 
One of the most difficult things during an emergency is to find help and quickly and efficiently communicate with all parties, regardless of whether you're an administrator, law enforcement, or the end user. With Titan HST, we help distort time by creating high-tech yet simple to use mobile-based applications that connect you with the people who can help you. At Titan HST, we believe in the power of people. So let's talk about Zillow. It's pronounced hello with a Z, Zello. And uh, Bill Moore is the CEO of Zello. Like I alluded in the beginning here, it's something that is an app, it's an application that I used in the past uh, just to communicate with my friend, um, with my family. And the cool part about it is that this application is using the technology for like texts. So as we know as emergency managers, when cell phones start to fail, you can use text instead. What's that mean? That the text is less of, has uh, less information going across, less bandwidth, so it gets through quicker. For instance, if there's if you have one bar, you can still text, but your phone coverage might not be that great. And this is, works in the same concept here. So as long as there's cell coverage or Wi-Fi, you can use this phone to connect. And the cool part about it too is that you can connect anywhere in the world with it, as long as somebody has that application on their phone and they are uh, connected. Uh, as well through cell coverage or, or Wi-Fi, you know, so you can get through. And there are some things here that uh, where if you're downstairs in the basement and as long as you have Wi-Fi where you don't have Radio Connect, you can still connect with the uh, with the Zello app compared to, you know, your handheld radios and even ham radio. You need to have that antenna out there, but this works differently. So I'm excited about this, uh, this application. It's been used in emergency situations um, around the world. And specifically what we're going to discuss today is how the application was used in Hurricane Harvey with the Cajun Navy and, and how they were able to dispatch people and save lives using this app. So this app is already accredited for saving lives, or at least assisting people in saving lives. So, Bill, welcome to EM Weekly. And tell me, how did you guys get started with Zello? Alexei Gavrilov is the one that got the company up and running, or at least the technology up and running. He started in about 2007 looking for a better way to communicate with phones other than texting and, and decided that radio style communication was a pretty good fit with these smart devices. Uh, I came on the scene in uh, 2011 and we founded what's now called Zello late that year. Alex and I had worked together at a company called TuneIn Radio that I founded, and I'm still on the board of that company, starting in about 2002, so a long time. We've been working together a long time, but uh, you know, early on, I noticed he and his team were exceptional, and so I was pretty excited to work with them again. Well, that's kind of cool. So your your background is uh, technology and your partner saw an issue that needed to be fixed. So you guys kind of went ahead and, and created the Zillow uh, app. And so what was your initial market for Zillow? Like who were you guys kind of trying to go after? Yeah, so um, Zello from the beginning has had both a consumer and a business. The business is the revenue model. And consumer began more as a you know, voice over IP style communication, you know, a, a more of a textile communication, radio style communication, but between a, a, a few contacts or a channel where the purpose is utility and evolved um, particularly in the uh, probably three years ago to what we call social radio, which is if it's more of a, uh, and, and the listeners here may appreciate ham radio or CB radio um, experience where it's a group conversation um, and often it's about the people that are in the group. Unlike those other technologies 
these channels can be public um, or they can be private. So you can have a password and they're encrypted. And so, you know, what's changed is um, an emphasis on just a pure communication utility to uh, social media. And then I mentioned a minute ago, the, the business model um, remains organizations who need central administration. We call it Zello Work. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, they're typically replacing two-way radio and rolling out mobile apps for operational use by either driver dispatchers or, or teams in a variety of industries. You have accessories on your website that you could get handheld stuff with it and earpieces and all that kind of stuff. So it does really make that handheld telephone into a real hand two-way radio, right? Yeah, it's, um, those are essential for us. We have encouraged these these companies from early on because you convert the experience from a phone app to more of a, a, a radio where you have a really loud speaker mic with a big fat red button on the side and you, and you, you know, squeeze it and talk. You can hear it over a loud engine or traffic. You, the phone's staying in your pocket. You don't need to, you know, fumble with it. Uh, you have gloves on. Touching the glass isn't really particularly convenient. Opening the app, switching back and forth. So the accessories um, take advantage of the, you know, the connectivity of these mobile devices um, and the power of, of uh, the Zello app, but bring it back to a real simple use case with a big button and a great microphone and a really loud speaker. I started using your app with my son just to kind of, for lack of a better term, play around with it, like when we're up doing whatever, so we can just kind of do two-way communications that way. More of a, like, I don't want to say toy, but more for entertainment than for anything else. And then what really struck me was when we had the hurricane came in and I got this email from somebody saying, hey, we're going to start using the, the Zello app. You know, this is the channel that we're going to use. And then we started monitoring the Cajun Navy and Texas Navy with the app and they were able to coordinate some hundreds of rescues and saving people's lives by being able to coordinate by using that app. And I thought that was super exciting. And this is why I really invited you to be on the show here because I didn't even think about using it in the case of a disaster. Quick question. I know like text messages go over through the cell phones quicker than than voice does during disasters, like such here in California, earthquake is our big concern. And we tell people to go ahead and text because you can still text when uh, the voice is down. Does that work the same way with the Zello app? It's true. One of the reasons Zello was so popular with Harvey is there's a group called the Cajun Navy who had used Zello in prior emergencies, especially in Louisiana a year ago. There was a major flood and they had great success. And one of the things they found was that Zello will work when few other applications will, you know, are still functioning. Zello needs a connection. There was a bad rumor that Zello is a walkie-talkie. That is, it has its own radio and it wouldn't work. You know, it continue to work with zero data. That's not true. It needs a Wi-Fi or some kind of cell connection, but it'll work on a marginal 2G connection. And as I said, it, it'll work when other apps typically won't. Certainly it'll work after phone calls stop working. And it'll work uh, about as long as text messages will still work. It's, it's uh, really efficient on the data use. And we have, over a long period of time, optimized it so that it, it can be effective. Zello is especially popular outside the United States and in places that have terrible networks. What's the bandwidth on that? I mean, how many users can we really have on that app at any one time? Well, there, there are millions um, every day that are on the app. There's a, over 100 million registered users. And you can have um, thousands, tens of thousands of users on a channel at one time. Now, uh, obviously, you can't have tens of thousands of people speaking. They're 
<laughs> you know, if they only had a few seconds each, you, you wouldn't get all the way around. Right. Um, it would take days. But uh, so, but often in, in situations like this, and you, I don't know if you saw, but in, in Harvey, more than Irma, but in both cases, uh, there were channels with thousands of active users where a handful of people are speaking and most others are monitoring because they're interested or because they need the information. Right. So it becomes a mix of a traditional broadcast radio information, but the audience can communicate back. It's like any two-way radio, it's going to be that only two people can, or one person can really speak at a time. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense right there. Yeah, I did notice that uh, when I was monitoring the Cajun Navy, that there were people that, it was kind of interesting to see how they were trying to um, coordinate the way people were allowed to talk. They would, you know, ask questions and stuff and to tell people, hey, you know, uh, stop talking. But to be honest with you, that, that happens with professional emergency responders talking over each other sometimes too. So that's nothing that's uh, not unique to, to the app for sure. Back to the question. So for instance, in, in Orange County, California, we have 3.5 million people. If everybody was on that app during an earthquake, but would that be able to handle that bandwidth of everybody kind of communicating with their families associated with that? Oh, easily. Yes. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, there's a hundred million registered users and, and there's millions of people on, and you know, that varies. Is it 2 million or 10 million or, you know, 15 million, but in times of crisis, it goes up. Right. Um, I, I mentioned Zilla works well in places with poor networks. Um, and it's been important in, in crisis before. So we're pretty excited over the past couple of weeks. It's been the number one overall app in the United States. But it was also the number one overall app in, in Turkey, in, in Egypt, in Venezuela, and Ukraine. They're driven by, uh, you know, political crisis they had. But in those countries, too, there would be millions of people who relied on Zello for, you know, for critical communication. And it, it held up just fine. Say we wanted to do a secure line. How does that work? Yeah, the, a couple layers to that. If you have a public channel, when you're speaking on that channel, others on the channel can hear you. And so there was a little confusion about that radio style, right? If you have a radio and you're on the channel, you can hear it. Even if, you know, the transmission is encrypted, which it always is with cello end to end, um, with a five, you know, 12 bit key and, you know, military grade encryption. So it's, and because of some of the, you know, Ukraine, Russian, for example, uh, conflict. Um, it's a hardened service that we've withstood um, lots of very innovative attempts to uh, compromise and break the Zello service. But it's uh, it's secure. And in, a minute ago, you, you made the point that, you know, radio style communication requires that people, you know, cooperate and work together. Zello adds some features that you wouldn't find in a radio, like you could block somebody um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and channel types that come in handy, like uh, only, um, you know, only moderators can talk or you can only speak to moderators until they've trusted you. Okay. And, and one of the, one of my goals in, in, uh, in reaching your audience would be to say, we would really, Zella really wants to work with these, um, uh, responder organizations to help with some basic information because one of the things we saw happen um, in both of these past two hurricanes was a rush of people using the app and setting themselves up as dispatchers, you know, without having, and Zell is easy to use, but without knowing some basics, like I said, you can block people and you can not allow them to talk until they've been trusted, or you can have a, a, a channel that has a password and there are ways to share that channel with the individual people that, that need it. So relative to radios, you have a lot more flexibility in, in the communication structure. I see a really good use 
of this app with cert type teams or American Red Cross type teams. Uh, I know that Team Rubicon started using the app down in, in Harvey. To use commercial radio, number one, you need an FCC license. And two, it becomes really expensive to buy those devices. But most people nowadays have a smartphone. So just a quick download of the app and a little bit of training, they're up and running in your group. How would you, how do you plan on reaching out to groups like that to use it for emergency disaster type communication? Because I really think it's a really good use of this app? Uh, your audience probably includes some of those people and I would encourage them to contact uh, Zello, info at zello.com is a great place to start. But we've been reaching out and in fact uh, have had discussions over the past week with uh, large companies like Twitter to better understand how they, with more mature organizations, have been able to develop relationships uh, with the organizations and to have policies in place and, and to be ready when a you know, when a crisis occurs to be more effective, you know, what's worked for them and what, what hasn't. So we're, we're early in that. I, I mentioned it, it's been popular in crisis before mm-hmm. in, in general, that's been outside the United States. And often it's a population who specifically does not want the government to quote help. Um, right. what we've seen here, of course, is much, much happier situation where the, where the coordination between the so in for the example the, the Cajun Navy or Texas Search and Rescue is another wonderful group and Texas Search and Rescue is a you know a long-standing organization that has ongoing training and coordinates volunteer efforts so they have established relationships with different authorities and ways to cooperate with them to make sure that they're helping and augmenting you know official response teams rather than complicating and making it worse right um, and so the so Zello as a company hasn't had much of that. We'd like to have more where we can help amplify, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And we did some of that with, with Harvey and Irma, where individual volunteers, rescuers, you know, would show up and, and learn they need to be on a Zello channel and get on a Zello channel. And then we've had uh, uh, probably 50 times the normal inbound consumer communication, um, often from people confuse, confusing Zello with the organizations they need to work with, where we, you know, where we can help, help get right. them the right, the right information and put them in the right place. So um, I, I know some of the organizations have approached Zello. Crisis or not, Zello is often popular with first responder type organizations in an informal way where they'll have the, you know, the radio that, that uh, the department's given them. And they'll also have Zello on their smart device and they use Zello quote on the side because it's secure and because they can, they can communicate with just the groups of people they need to, but we'd love to have better uh, organizations, especially where we had some problems with, with validating and verifying uh, organizations claims of, you know, is this the organization that claims or is this a hoax? That's a good point there. How do you verify that? The good and the bad about Zello is included. It's uh, it's organic, and so the you know the the best most trust, trustworthy content and channels tend to emerge at the top. But sometimes there's a little friction um, from when they start to you know when uh, you know when when the bad stuff is filtered out. In the same way, you know a a doctored photo of a hurricane hitting the coast put on Twitter is going to cause a stir, but pretty quickly people are going to say, wait, that's not, that's not right. And they're going to ignore it. But what we, what we uh, can do is allow organizations to uh, validate who they say they are. And we can confirm through, um, for example, uh, you know, their, their organization email, you know, that this really is um, a representative of, of the organization, but we don't, Zello doesn't have a volume process for that right now. And uh, we're caught a little flat footed uh, needing to have done a, a better job, not so much with Harvey 
I think they're the, I don't want to say the stakes are higher, but it was much more of a rescue. And so you, we didn't see much bad behavior. Right, so it was right. totally satisfying that it worked organically. There weren't many barriers. Um, there were, for the scale of use, there were very few problems. Uh, I noticed in my own listening, Irma had more of, of the bad behavior as a percentage of, of what was going on. Um, more idle time and more, you know, people on the quote radio, you know, just stirring it up where I think, I think we could have helped more by, uh, making sure that the moderators were, you know, we knew who they were. We could also help by moving channels to a top of the trending list. We, we mostly left that alone, mm-hmm. you know, but, but to make it easier to, to make sure that the search algorithms are going to show the, uh, the organizations that are real versus, you know, some imitator um, blocking and removing the imitators, which it's a standard policy. You can't personate another person or organization or it'll right. be removed. So there's a whole set of mechanisms, but, you know, we need to get better at that. Well, and, and to be fair, I mean, Facebook and Twitter and all the other ones have always had problems with dummy sites or, or people you know, masquerading themselves as an organization and, and hijacking uh, names and stuff like that. So, like, you know, it's not a not a unique problem to, to your organization. So that's just to kind of clarify that with everybody. Well, I, I have two comments there. One is um, the problem is harder in some ways with voice because it's live. That's one of the things that makes it um, so, you, you know, compelling. And so somebody can get on, shout something, you know, create a disturbance, get out, and the damage is done. Uh, but the other side of it, though, is one of the reasons voice is so powerful, whether it's through a radio or Zello, is it's authentic. You can't fake your voice. And right. so you... You, you, you know, in a, in a way you, you could doctor that photo of, of the coastline. You're not going to doctor the voice of somebody and people can fake, but, um, it, it, very quickly, it's pretty obvious what, you know, what's real and what's not. I'm excited about your app and the way it was used and the way the potential that's there for everybody. This is one of the takeaways that I'm going to use with my organization and have it for use for our volunteers and also some of our uh, other communication issues that we have because it seems like it could fill that void where we don't have to go and and buy the expensive radio. I think that's kind of a cool, uh, the cool concept. Do you guys have like uh, enterprise programs or something for, for paid customers or is everything completely just free through the app? How does that work for you guys? There's a service called Zello Work that's paid $6 per user per month. And the, the main uh, distinction between it and the consumer product, there are a handful, but it's designed for organizations who need central administration. And we ended up donating that to quite a number of volunteer organizations where that's what they wanted, where the consumer Zello is great where you want a big influx of consumers, there's no barriers, go get the app, get on a channel, you know, come communicate with me. If it's a closed environment, that is you're managing the volunteers inner working and you don't want people popping on your channel. So depending on the size, you could accomplish that with, you know, with the free consumer Zello. But if you have more than 30 people or so, organizations and, and where the people are more stable, organizations often require central administration, like with Gmail, right? You have a, a company Gmail system where there's an administrator who defines, you know, the names of the groups and the names of the contacts and with Zello, who can communicate with whom. And that's perfect for a variety of, of uh, nonprofit organizations too. We have nonprofit pricing. And I mentioned a minute ago, you know, for these emergency situations, it was, it was just free for limited time. 
but it makes a ton of sense. We have some very large nonprofit organizations. I'm thinking of some in South America who are responsible for search and rescue over the mountains. And so, you know, they'll have hundreds of, you know, of users spread across the country that you know, they, they use Zello. And then a more traditional commercial sense, you know, uh, YRC Freight has 13,000 drivers that use it every day, or uh, it's in all of the restoration hardware retail stores, or uh, it's in almost all of the major hotel property lines. You know, you'll go into a hotel, you'll see people using Zello instead of radio. So that's, that's our revenue model as a company. And the consumer app is free without any ads. We don't sell data. One other thing that just popped into my head is that even with like ham radio, obviously with the 800 megahertz radio that we use in my state, uh, or at least in my county, you still need to be within line of sight of the repeater to be able to to talk effectively. And there were some serious dead zones uh, that with radios, right? You know, you know, same thing with cell towers, I suppose. But with radio specifically, we have to go out and test all the time and to put a lot of money into it. With uh, Zello, you can be in in New York and you can still communicate with somebody on the app in uh, California uh, pretty effectively. Uh, so in that aspect of it, it's a little bit more robust than even your high-end radios. Am I wrong on that? Oh, you're absolutely right. It, it would work in the basement because you have Wi-Fi down there and the radio maybe doesn't doesn't work. Uh, I wonder if there's a study because one of one of the concerns of of organizations in using Zello versus a radio is well, you know, the radio is reliable, but these cell networks are pretty reliable. And uh, I wanted to go look. You know, the FCC produces counts of how many cell towers were down in counties. Um, you know, through these emergencies, but the nature of that cell communication, where you're not dependent on any single tower, right? right. A, you know, a mesh-oriented network, and they have generators. And over the past ten years, especially, they've learned, you know, make sure the antennas aren't going to get flooded, and the and the and the phone companies can bring in temporary cell coverage. The end result is it's a highly reliable. A means of communication. And I would expect for commercial organizations, for sure, more reliable than what they see with radio because there's no single point of failure and there's, you know, billions of dollars of infrastructure that are being managed by companies who are pretty good at keeping, keeping it up. We practice radio failure here. We've had it happen. The other end of it too is that you're right. We use an emergency. We call they're called cows or cell on wheels, and the cell companies are really aggressive on getting those out to the affected areas and getting cell coverage back up. Uh, I remember one does that on fire that I responded to, and they lost a cell for a period of maybe half a day, maybe not even that long, and they had cows all over the place, and cell was back up working fine. And then some places better than 800 megahertz radio. So I do. See cell carriers uh, are working hard on that. And then also uh, FirstNet and the nodes that a lot of cities are putting up around for free cell or free Wi-Fi for, for people, uh, that would also help out as well because your most smartphones will work on Wi-Fi as well as the cell. So you could go into you know areas that have the free Wi-Fi that's up uh, throughout cities and still communicate with people. This is a really exciting app. Uh, and uh, like I said, it started for me more so just to communicate with my son on busy days than it was to do anything in emergency response. But this really opened my eyes to it. And so I'm really, first of all, thank you guys for, for having this service. I don't know if anybody's ever thank you for a commercial service before, but I am because I think that's a really cool uh, product. Well, thank you. Uh, you. You know, one of the, you made me think that the range advantage of a, you know, a Zell style um, alternative, we had some uh, interviews with 
teams of, of dispatchers that had come together for Harvey. And I was pretty surprised to learn that that half of them were not from the Houston area. You know, they had heard about this, for example, in New Jersey. And they're and they and they you know, they bring up maps and they're mispronouncing, you know, Beaumont is Beaumont, you know, so it's, you know, if you listen, you can hear, okay, you're probably not from here. Uh, you know, how, how effective that, uh, uh, advantage can be where you don't have to be within radio range. You can be anywhere in the world and, and, and help out and communicate. If somebody wanted to get a hold of your company to talk about Zello for Work or if you're a nonprofit organization to, to work with you guys, how would they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, sales at Zello.com is probably the fastest way or Zello.com. Uh, and one of the things I didn't mention is uh, you, Zello partners make uh, two-way radio gateways. So either for high density, lots of channels or pretty inexpensive, you know, $300, you can connect a, a two-way radio channel with a donor radio to a Zello channel. And so that's pretty popular where organizations will mix the two technologies. That's kind of cool. That's kind of really cool. Yeah. So you can, you're communicating, you know, everybody else is, in, you know, maybe, maybe the manager's on vacation. He's using Zello and the great applications, you know, they're miners a thousand feet below the earth and they have their special radio wire mine system that they're actually communicating on, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this technology is just really exciting. So what's your future here? What's the growth for you guys? Yeah, sure. Well, we have a pair of aces uh, that we're, you know, gently splitting. One is consumer social radio, and it's a massive market opportunity because our voice is how we most naturally communicate. There really hasn't been any other successful media around my voice. Many have tried. And Zello has... Zello has the critical mass to make that happen. And it worked as there's really some very difficult problems I didn't go into around moderation and, you know, reputation and that sort of thing. Um, so that's one side. And then Zello work um, is a pretty simple value proposition. It replaces two-way radio or push to talk you got from your carrier. It's less expensive. It's easier to use. It works in more places. And that's typically being deployed as organizations are rolling out other apps and they say, why are we carrying these extra devices for radio style communication? But the heart of the value there is is the same as consumer side. Um, there is no better alternative for handling exceptions or for solving problems or for developing trust or relationships than live voice. And uh, that's been squeezed out of so much of the technology we're used to where you're typing and reading. Uh, and so it's pretty easy to see why you know, people who use Zello have an experience like you did, which is, hey, this is fun, you know, and they'll, as when you were a kid and you're playing with walkie-talkies, <laughs> uh, and they keep using it because it's not just fun, it's a, it's a pretty effective way. In the same way radios are the, you know, core communication for so many organizations, that's not going to change. But the technology that uh, it's delivered on is, and so Zello intends to be that company. Okay, so the, here's the toughest question of the day. You ready for it? I am. Okay. So what book would you recommend to somebody uh, who is interested in, you know, emergency response and leadership and in this case, communication? <laughs> you know, uh, this is a classic, but I, I, I don't know how closely related it is to your guidelines there. But uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning is just a great book for for life and a short, easy read if people haven't read it. If, uh, I don't know if you've read it, but he's in the concentration camp, uh, you know, the Holocaust and uh, his fabulous book. So that's the one that comes to mind. 
And if you haven't read it, everybody should. Well, sir, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day uh, to talk to us. And I'm definitely going to, anybody out there who hadn't listened to the Cajun Navy or to the uh, Texas Navy when this was occurring, you, you need to look at this app and, and check it out and download it. And like, if you just want to play with it, you know, have your kids play with it and you guys can uh, always communicate. Uh, those of us that are emergency management, we know that multiple uh, redundancies are, uh, I think that's a redundant, right? So redundancies are really important to have. And so I like this, like I said, this is really great for um, making a family radio when you're going to do Disneyland. So you don't have to make cell phone calls and stuff like that. And it's just in general fun for that. And, and again, we now see the application for emergency use as well. Sir, is there anything else you'd like to add before we cut out of here? Well, we'd love to help. Your audience is uh, an important one to us, whether it's free or paid. Um, please contact Zello and Todd. Thank you very much for having me on today. I've really enjoyed it. Hi, this is Todd DeVoe from EM Weekly. If your company is in the emergency management and response space, EM Weekly is a place for you to advertise. Each week, we bring in experts in emergency management, response, and leadership from around the world, and they're here to share their best practices. Our listeners are eager to learn about new products and ideas, so this is the space for you. For more information, please contact Brian at brian at emweekly.com.